You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. As always, during the middle of the week, I speak to Joanne Bainham, Portfolio Manager at Sterling Private Wealth. Now, we obviously have to talk about something which has set the markets off a little bit and on a little bit and everything else, uh, Joanne. But I think there's there's a bigger problem here, and that is Mr. Trump having sort of cast himself as the anti-politician. He wants to drain the swamp. In fact, he's making the swamp even deeper, and he's now gone beyond the cuteness of occasionally cocking a snook at protocol. In other words, he's gone too far. You think he's gone too far? I mean, of course he has. I mean, he's probably one of the most disliked human beings on the planet. Uh, but I think you're failing to recognise something. I think Trump leaves people alone. I know you and I have disagreed on this sometimes, but I think Trump stands for anti-lockdown, Trump stands for capitalism, and Trump stands for doing it yourself. No, Trump stands for everything that is beneficial to him. He doesn't care whether someone goes out, uh, breaks lockdown, is in lockdown, gets the coronavirus. We know that because he doesn't care about 232,000 American citizens have, that have deaths linked to COVID-19. I agree with you that he's all of those things, but uh, his motives are completely ulterior. Oh, no, no, he's completely selfish. I'm not disagreeing with that. But you've got a whole lot of other people around the world running governments who are supposed to be you know, care about their citizens and are one after another destroying economies. So, you know, different philosophies. I, would Trump really have saved more lives? I'm not convinced, but let's, I don't want to turn this into a COVID discussion because, you know, people have very strong views on COVID. Uh, what we do know at the moment, though, in America, it's an incredibly tight election yes. and much more and much tighter than the pollsters ever predicted. And once again, they've shown themselves to be not very good at predicting the outcomes of the stock for the markets when it comes to elections. It's fascinating to watch. Yeah, I think there's a definite gap in the market for somebody, some chances, a couple of people to get together and come up with a completely false uh, polling company. And they, what they do is they get four or five different polls, uh, collate the results and then go in the opposite direction because we've had Brexit, we've had the UK election, we've had the first US presidential election and now the second. They get it completely wrong. And I wonder what that is, a change in human behaviour? People don't really want to tell you what they want to vote for or they deliberately tell you something different? and then go down the bookmakers. It's a fascinating study. It is, but back to your point about Trump and what he stands for, it takes a brave person to admit they're going to vote for Trump. So when you're being polled as to what your view is, you're probably very unlikely to say you will, will vote for Trump. So I think that's why inherently those polls don't really work, because almost by saying you vote for, for Biden, that indicates you're a good human being. And if you vote for Trump, you're a bad human being. And because of that, I think people haven't been honest. So that's why I think the, the polling's not going to work. Uh, and also, how many people are actually on phones anymore? You know, like a landline phone as opposed to a mobile phone. The young generation answer everything on SMSs or WhatsApp. They're not on their phones. So it's as in talking on their phones. So again, it's not very useful. And the other thing I was reading, apparently some of the online stuff would take like 30 minutes to fill in. Mm. Who's got time in their lives to fill in a 30-minute document? Also not going to happen. So I think what you've got to look at these days is more about the kind of the rallies and look to see how many people went to the rallies. And towards the last week, we saw massive crowds moving around Trump, which was unexpected. We also got to see his Twitter engagement. I know that sounds ridiculous, but Trump's had a massive Twitter engagement. He's retweeted millions and millions of times. Biden hasn't been as powerful in that. And I think also, let's not forget something. Whether you believe in the Democrats or Republicans, the problem is Biden's proven to be very weak from a charisma perspective 
half the time he forgets what he's talking about. Uh, and, you know, the, well, you can say what you like about Trump. He's very forceful. If so, I, again, it's personalities. Mm, if I want to charisma, I'll go to a comedy club or watch a game show. I don't need charisma. I could do with a lot less charisma, actually. I'm surrounded by it. I want Mr. Biden to sit down quietly with Putin and say, listen... If you do this again, I'm going to do that. Instead of it's going coming up with these elaborate trips and meetings and uh, this, uh, you know, getting the camera angle right. I I know that's not the way that Americans like it. They they vote for hair rather than rather than policies and orange tans. Exactly. But yes. Whatever. I mean, look at Mr. Reagan, who turned out to be I thought a rather a good president in many ways. Yeah, I, he had I great was also hair. Quite surprised. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Be that as it may, yeah. I think whether Biden wins or Trump wins at the moment is not actually what the market's focusing on. It's focusing on the fact that up to a week ago, we were predicting a blue wave in the US, which would ultimately have met, met, uh, meant that the Democrats retained that, well, got the House, not the House, sorry, the Senate. And by taking over the Senate, they could then put through a lot of fiscal spending plans. And that's why you've been seeing U.S. Treasuries weaken, you saw gold falling, you saw value stocks aren't performing. And I think with what we've seen today in terms of the numbers coming through, that blue wave looks extremely unlikely. In fact, most people are saying it's not going to happen, which means the Republicans retain the Senate, the Democrats retain the House. And again, you have gridlock in the U.S. And gridlock's not good if you want massive fiscal spending projects to go through. And that's why right now U.S. Treasuries are weak. Um, Strength, I mean, sorry, strengthening. The, the yields are falling. Yes. You see the st tech, tech stocks are rallying massively. Why are tech stocks rallying? Because they're telling you that they think we're going to be in a low growth environment for a while still. So it's the stock market is actually sending out quite bearish signals in terms of global growth because they're worried about where this fiscal spending is going to come from. Okay, so the Nasdaq features, as we pre-record this, are up two and a third percent at the moment. And if you look at the stocks that are more representative of the broader stock market economy, uh, S&P futures only up 0.6%. So, yeah, something going on there, a little bit of a hedge, uh, sort of a... a of sell one by the other play, I think, is going on. Well, that's fascinating. Also, and if, if Biden did get in, he's always said that he wants to have a little look at the way that tech stocks, or these giant tech companies, rather, go about their business, Joanne. That's exactly what he's been saying. And he's also quite pro-raising taxes, which both of which may be difficult to do if he doesn't control both the Senate and the House. So every time he comes up with an idea, he's going to be essentially, I mean, for want of a better word, potentially a lame duck president if he does get elected. And I think that's what the markets are telling you. In the past, markets loved gridlock presidencies. But I think because of COVID, this time around, people actually want a government that's in control that can spend money. And, and the big worry is if, if, the if Biden is the president, the Republicans might veto everything at the Senate every time he brings up ideas, try and see spending money. That's not good for the world economy. But now, it's, sorry, Karen. Yes, it was a sharp intake of breath, thinking, goodness me, this is going to go on for days, if not weeks, maybe even into the new year. I think Mr. Trump actually quite likes living at the White House. No, he probably does. I don't think Melania does, but uh, he, he might. <laughs> but I think that the reality is that the scary thing for markets right now is that we might not know for a while, back to your point. Mm. I mean, hopefully by Friday we'll get a good idea. There's an enormous amount of votes still coming through the mail that's taking them a long time to count. But, but equally, I don't think at the moment it matters really who wins the presidency. What matters much more for the markets is this whole Senate issue. And I think at, that, at this stage, it looks extremely unlikely we'd have a blue wave. So if you're relying on the value stocks kind of recovering, yes. this is not good news if you're a value manager, if you ask me. Okay, good points. What do we do in South Africa? Um, I mean, I mean, well, there's you... another thing, sorry, I want to talk about, Lindsay. Right. I don't know if you saw yesterday, and while well, everyone's talking about the elections in the States, um, 
you might have spoken about it, but Ant Financial, the largest IPO ever, was pulled mm. yesterday by the Chinese government. Yes, I saw that. Um, that's got rather large implications for people who want to invest in China. Um, how easy is it to invest in China? What does it mean the government controls what companies can do? So this is, I think, arguably a quite bad news for Chinese tech. We'll have to see in the days and weeks ahead because from what I gather, they're going to send the money back to people who try to raise, put money into the IPO. So it looks like it won't happen overnight that they'll relaunch it. Um, interesting days ahead. Again, another reason that US technology stocks are running because where else do you buy tech companies if you're, if you're too nervous to put them into China, into Chinese tech? Yeah, so just, I think that's a very interesting development. Yeah, just look at the performance of Process and Naspers on the JSE yesterday from the moment that the news broke that Ant was not going ahead with its Shanghai and Hong Kong listing. Uh, these things got clobbered. Not so much today. But anyway, yes, a, a good point. And I do think that's also political. I think eventually it will go ahead, but they just have to adjust their business model somewhat because their they're, they're criteria for lending pretty lax, I would say. It, it is completely. And I think they're probably doing the right thing from a long-run perspective. But the timing is interesting. Why, why pull the, the listing like a day before? You could, they could have done it a bit um, you know, longer out, but still. Yeah, it's because the Chinese authorities don't like Jack Ma. He's ruffled their feathers. That's uh, also I, behind the scenes. I think the that's scenes. the truth as well. So mm. that, that also makes me concerned about investing in markets where uh, you know, the leaders of the country decide who they like and who they don't like. It's not a great investing environment. Okay, we shouldn't be doing anything, should we, until we get some sort of clarity, unless you've got a crystal ball and you've, you've got long of the tech stocks this morning and you got short of the S&P against that or you sold gold or you went long of the treasuries and short of the treasuries yield in the United States. We, we shouldn't be doing anything, should we? I totally agree. I think around US election time, it's like gambling. Um, you and I both remember in 2016 when Trump was elected, the markets fell and then sort of by the end of the day we're up. I mean, mm. even if you'd had perfect foresight to predict Trump, you still got the market reaction wrong. And even now, even if Biden becomes elected, what impact will that have on markets? We genuinely don't know. I, I think the bigger worrying story is, can the Democrats and Republicans stand up and be counted and try and spend lots of money to help the US economy? Because we still have COVID in the world, we still have government restrictions, and the world economy is still struggling. So we need massive fiscal spending by governments, otherwise, otherwise we're all in trouble. So we've got two known unknowns or two unknowns. We don't know who's going to be the next US president. And it, no matter who it is, we don't know how the market's going to react to that president. So, yeah. So, yeah, so, so, yes. A double I mean, unknown. So completely. But I think ultimately, when you're investing, you're not investing for the next day or two, you're investing for the long run. So, you know, there's never a bad time to buy good quality companies with strong dividends, uh, strong free cash flow. And you might be wrong in the very short time, but over the long run, you'll probably be okay. Unless, of course, you pay ridiculous PE multiples, but that's a different story. But in the very short term, timing the market is, is almost impossible, particularly around US elections. It's a mugs game. Thanks so much for your insight, Joanne. That's Joanne Bainham from Sterling Private Wealth in Cape Town. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.